Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. It's time for the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast with Michael Beller and Jake Seeley and Brandon Funston. What's up, everyone? Week 9 kicking off tonight. Colts and Jets get things going for us, and then we roll into a weekend that's got 13 more games beyond it. Brandon Funston, Jake Seeley. Jake Seeley's taking a phone call right now, which is pretty awesome. So, Funston, how you doing? What's up, man? Well, I'm just now seeing your demeanor, realizing what a two-hour time difference can do to you at this time of the day. <laughs> your disposition is a lot more cheery than mine is, but I hope to get there. I hope to emulate what you got going on right now. I like your energy. Hey, man, you know, they always say that 10 a.m. is really the golden hour of, uh, of the morning when you're just feeling <laughs> at your is. best. You're feeling totally chipper. You're feeling good. You're feeling excited. And week nine, you know, right here, it starts in nine hours. We'll have kickoff between the Colts and the Jets. Jake, all good? Everything uh, all good over there? Uh, yeah, it's a 25-minute alert for when the, the pickup company is coming, of course. <laughs> 8 to 11, and 11.30, that's going to put them out? Oh, well, man, this is... We that's can only if they're on time with their latest projections. So if they, if they continue with their trend, yeah, you, you might be able to get, get this like in the, in time. <laughs> where I'm pointing, I'm trying to... Uh, it's hard to point backwards. Yeah. You can see the edge of the mattress, so you'll actually oh, probably yeah. be able to see these people come <laughs> by. Oh, that's going to be great. I can't wait. We're counting down 25 minutes from now. I'm excited. I'm excited. It gives us one of those... You know, it's like a little bit of a cliffhanger to look forward to. Actually, 25 minutes to see if they're actually on time of what they said for 25 minutes. Yeah, like Funston said. That's the second test. They're already late. Now we see if they're late again for the 25 minutes. Jake, you know how projections work. You get it. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) You get (laughs) it. It's true. You get it. Um, All right, guys, week nine. Let's jump in. Let's do this. We're going to go through like we did last week, game by game. But uh, instead of last week, where I had everything chronological, sort of mix things up, try to get some of the more interesting things push toward the top of the show. And when we say week nine and we say interesting, I don't think there's any place we can start, you guys, other than Jordan Love getting his moment, getting to start for the Green Bay Packers. Jake, let's just take this all in. What are we doing with Jordan Love? What are we doing? What are we thinking about this Packers offense in this game against the Chiefs? Uh, take it away. What do you got? That really it comes down to there was only two people that we really wanted to start it in general. It's Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. You know, we're considering if Marcos Valdez Scantling was back. Maybe he gets into the mix. Maybe if not, and Alan Lazard's back, it's Alan Lazard. Uh, maybe AJ Dillon if you're desperate at running back. Uh, but basically now it's just try not to. Maybe again, still AJ Dillon again if you're needed at running back and they maybe run the ball a little bit more. We don't know a lot. We have to be honest. We don't know a lot about Jordan Love. We've seen majority of Jordan Love preseason, right. and that's a very different ball game, almost literally, than the regular season. But what we do know about Devontae Adams is with no Aaron Rodgers, he's been wide receiver 10, 11, 12 in that range. Low end wide receiver one. He has a two touchdown game on his resume without. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and he's got some 40 yard games so there's some floor so I moved Devontae I mean the projections help but I thought he was going to go down further than he ended up he finished at eight for me just in front of Deont Bay uh, CeeDee Lamb DJ Moore I mean DJ Moore might be dealing with PJ Walker Mm -hmm. 
And then Marquise Brown, who I'm higher on than most people this week. And then Hopkins, who's injury and Keenan Allen. So like the point is you're starting Adams no matter what. So don't go crazy. And I saw some people say, well, what if Aaron Rodgers gets suspended? Do I trade Devontae? You can't trade Devontae Adams now because everybody's going to have that in the back of their mind. So you can't get away from it. So start Adams, start Aaron Aaron Jones, hope for the best. I think Jordan Love is in the same conversation of his, do you want to shoot for the ceiling and play him over a safe Teddy Bridgewater? Fine, but you have to know it could potentially be like Justin Fields' mm-hmm. first couple of games. Like that's, that's the floor. You're looking at a very potential two, three-point game. I, I got to tell you, though, it's weird. I have him ranked Jordan Love like quarterback 23, which puts him in play in like super flex leagues. I have him at 16. Mm. It's just a terror. Because <laughs> of the rushing. Well, it's the rushing, and it's a really terrible week for kind of the more traditional quarterbacks. You know, like I just was like, there's a lot of bad matchups. There's just been a lot of bad. Tannehill against the Rams. Yeah, there's been a lot of bad kind of like domino effect things that kind of hurt the quarterback position. And uh, yeah, so the rushing upside actually is, you know, enough to move him into that QB2 conversation. It's going to be very fun to watch this one, and maybe it won't be the last one. We know that the earliest Aaron Rodgers can be back is next Saturday, which would put them just 24 hours away from their Week 10 game. So we could be getting at least a couple of Jordan right. Love starts uh, in our future here. So this will be uh, certainly a fun one to watch. On the other side of the game, mm. uh, Daryl Williams, Derek Gore, the two running backs we're expecting again for the Chiefs. I mean, we know Daryl Williams is Daryl Williams. Is there any argument, you guys? Uh, Funston, I guess you take this first. for uh, Jake, you take it. You've got a big side there. Any argument for Derek Gore at all? I mean, I think the answer is no, but I still want us to talk about it. It's perception clouds people's minds all the time. Derek Good looked good on one drive, mm-hmm. and everybody's like, he looked better than Daryl Williams. No, he didn't. <laughs> Go watch the game again. Daryl Williams, especially in the second half, Look like Daryl Williams. And actually, if you yeah. want to even go down and parse down to the metrics, better after contact. Daryl Williams better on the game. Had vastly more snaps. Uh, there's speculation. I included the speculation to say, you know what? He took a big shot on that pass play. Mm-hmm. And you, you kind of hit his shoulder. Like, maybe they were just checking him out on the sideline. And then Gore comes in. It's like, oh, Gore's looking good in this drive. Let's not mess with it. Let's yep. let him finish this drive. And, like, and again, Gore looked good. But the perception is he looked better. He didn't. He was... As good as Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams is still the lead, still vastly outsnapped him and outtouched him the rest of the game after that drive. All this comes into play is saying if you grab Gore smart, grab Gore because if something happens to Williams before Clyde Edwards Alaire gets mm-hmm. back, that's the real value. I think as far as like how good he looked, you're slightly underselling him. I think he had at least two drives. I mean, it was the first drive that he came in, he looked good, and then the drive when he scored the touchdown, he looked good. But either way, like I, your point's not lost on. No, I just thought he wasn't better. Right, right. Like people were saying, he's clearly better than Daryl yeah. Williams. That was that's where my issue was. I'll just say if things where where he could be playable is if you really believe that things will go terribly south for this Green Bay offense, and it's just. Mm-hmm. It's just Kansas City way ahead, and you know, and and there is something. Well, to steal a question, there is something would you to play Daryl Williams or AJ Dillon? Oh, a, a thousand percent, AJ Dillon. No, I'm just. I was just curious because yeah. I mean, you can make that argument on both sides of it. Here. Yeah, no, no, I, I get it, but um, yeah, I'm definitely in on AJ Dillon, and there's Gore sitting in waiver wire still in in a few of my mm-hmm. leagues, and I haven't been compelled to add him for the guy, the the bottom person in my right. roster that I'd have to drop. 
Yeah, could be seeing Ceh back very soon, and then Derek Gore once again gets relegated. The power of Christ hasn't to, compelled you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> relegated back to a role that has him totally irrelevant in fantasy leagues. We've got another new starting quarterback this week, you guys, and it is almost certainly—I don't think we've heard it officially—but almost certainly Taysom time in New Orleans. He's still coming back from a concussion, but it does sound like he will get the start for the Saints against the Falcons this week. So, Funston, what does Taysom time mean to you? QB1, we've seen it for a month. He's a better passer than we thought last year when he was when he was a starter for four games. He was you know, he was as good a runner but giving a lot more of a, you know, a leash to do it with as a starter. So, yeah, I mean, I have him ranked as a back end QB1 assuming everything goes, you know, the direction of him starting. Uh, and I think the worry for everybody is going to be, oh, what about Alvin Kamara in the passing game? It took three games of him, of Hill and Kamara to get going before they actually was able to actually make the pass out there. And he had a mm-hmm. seven catch game in his fourth game with Taysom Hill. And we saw that with Jameis Winston, who's never been great at throwing to running backs either. It took him a little bit of time as well. But I think, you know, it's something that Taysom Hill knows the, the screen pass, a dump off pass wasn't a feather in his cap and he's worked on it. And I expected they'll be better at that from the, from the jump than they were last year. Yeah, it, it, we have to be honest. It's like we're expecting Taysom Hill. I am. I have him in my rankings expecting yeah. Taysom Hill to start. Yeah. I have Taysom Hill as a top 10 quarterback mm-hmm. because he's going to run. He's Jalen Hurts uh, with a little bit less in, less, in, less, less in the passing game yardage-wise, but the touchdowns might be the same. He had you know two games where he threw for two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He also had two games where he ran for two touchdowns. So I think he runs a little less, but he runs for more touchdowns than Hurts does throws a little bit less, but has more accuracy in my throw. So it, it offsets. I play Hurts over Hill to say all that, to say Hill's in play as a top 10 quarterback for me if he is defensively the starter. Everything that Foster said, I agree with. The, the bigger concern is Alvin Kamara, still top five running back this week, uh, where he probably could have been one, two, or three, especially with what Winston was doing for the two games before this happened, that he's finally starting to throw to him consistently mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. It just knocks him down a little bit, but we weren't that interested in Traquan Smith and Marquez Calloway anyway. Right. So yeah, right. uh, I, I think the honest thing here is just that Taysom Hill, if you needed a quarterback, uh, to go back to Funston's point earlier at the very top of the show, if you were concerned about Tannehill mm-hmm. or look at who else is down. I mentioned Bridgewater, Matt Ryan against the Saints. I, yeah. I would just go Taysom Hill. Hey, on the other, yeah, I mean, are we messing around with anyone in Atlanta, right? I mean, Kyle Pitts is locked in, Cordell <laughs> Patterson's locked in. Are we messing around with anyone else on this offense? No. Tajay Sharp's the one that stepped yeah. in for Ridley. I mean, the, the mm-hmm. Gage didn't, Gage's role didn't change. Zacchaeus is basically the backup to Gage in that he plays that kind of similar role. So it's really Tajay Sharp. And do you want to start Tajay Sharp? You have to be in a 14, 16 <laughs> team league. Maybe the, the question here is, and I've seen a lot of people ask this, is maybe Mike Davis gets a little more groundwork because they don't have a lot of options and he comes back to RB3 relevance. <sighs> but. Man, this is just how 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 far he's fallen. Uh, yeah, like that is just I, yeah. I've got Mike Davis, and there's just like I, I don't I don't want to buy into that. I don't want I don't want to even. Have I'm to, still I don't not even dropping him because what it. if what if Patterson gets oh, hurt? Oh, for sure, I'm not dropping him at all. Dropping yes. him is not never entered my mind once, but I also don't want to have to like be burdened with thinking about potentially starting him. Well, not once, but there's a lot of ten teamers out there where I've seen that's like Mike Davis is the one to drop. Yeah, like people are like, I need to drop. 
Tony Pollard, Mike Davis, or like, and I'm like, eh, you know what? Yeah, <laughs> I'd rather hold yeah. Tony Pollard if something happened to Zeke than Mike Davis. Uh, it's totally, it's totally fair. I totally get. I'm, I'm not in the league like that, but I understand why he is on the chopping block for a lot of people in the fantasy world. Like, like I, said, I, just, I just don't want to be burdened with having to think about the possibility of him being in my starting lineup. I'd rather just move on from it. So we're going to move on from it right here and talk about a backfield that is in transition titans and rams uh, sunday night football rams are seven and a half point favorites in this game 53 and a half is the over under and we've got a new look in the tennessee backfield jake what are you doing with jeremy mcnichols what are you doing with adrian peterson long term i'm doing adrian peterson it's just because he's stepping into the role that he was last year with the lions and it's almost i pulled this out and put it in the waiver column. Faustin saw it. It's the workload, touches, snaps, volume, yards per touch, uh, even after contact, all very similar mm -hmm. to Derrick Henry. Now, I'm not <laughs> putting Adrian Peterson in the same conversation yeah, with Derrick Henry in his career. <laughs> right. But the conversation is that like that's the role. He's going to fill mm -hmm. that role. He was never a big pass catcher anyway, even at the peak of his career. So on the Titans, on a better team, same Similar touchdown upside to what would be seen in a lot of situations like his, where if you're saying you know, uh, Elijah Mitchell, who barely ever used and not used it, what's the difference between Adrian Peterson and Elijah Mitchell? That being said, this week in this matchup is where I would lean McNichols. Mm -hmm. It's going to be very matchup dependent. I'm going to have both as fringe RB2-3 type options, and it's going to be matchup dependent. So when you face somebody like the Rams this week, McNichols, if they're in a team like they're facing the Texans or the Jaguars or stuff like that, then I would go AP and go for that touchdown upside. Almost similar to the conversation, and I don't want to jump ahead. We'll, we're going to get to that game, but the one that Brandon's brought up a lot of times about the Arizona backfield. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, this is a McNichols game, A, because mm -hmm. he's been there, and Adrian Peterson's trying to get assimilated as quickly as he can, so you actually get a few carries out of McNichols, but also because he's been the third down back. And if you look at it, that's the Rams are susceptible to that. And that's kind of where you could see them living is in a lot of passing down situations. So I, I think McNichols is for this week in particular, the clear advantage, but I, I, I agree with Jake going forward for the long term. All right. We got 30 seconds for this and this can be a pass. I'm going to cut you off though. If you take it 30 seconds, would either of you care to make a case for Van Jefferson? Sure. Go. I'll give you 10, 10 seconds. It's Deshaun Jackson with the Buccaneers. You hope that he gets three for 80 and a touchdown, but be ready for three or one for 13 and nothing. Yeah. All right, and there's there no go. more. And there's no more Deshaun Jackson. And there's no so. more Deshaun Jackson to worry about taking that. BMW yeah, he wasn't was a, a free, factor anyway. No. He's a factor in a game or two. A little bit. One game. A little bit. One game. All right. Well, one play. Guess what? <laughs> 30 seconds right there. Let's move on to our next game. <laughs> Thursday night football. So we'll give you the disclaimer. If you're listening to this after Thursday night, go ahead, skip ahead two and a half, three minutes or so. But let's talk about the uh, Jets and the Colts. How excited, guys, are we about the Michaels in this game? Michael Carter, Michael Pittman. I mean, I you know, we, we know they're both locked in as starters, but I mean, Funston, I mean, th these guys are, I mean, this, it feels like the sky's the limit for these two guys the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I've, said this the last couple of weeks i've just had a real kind of sea change in my in my evaluation of michael pittman i've kind of just seen him under, in, in you know completely different light now as as a true alpha he just looks he looks like it carson wentz looks like he has just extreme confidence in throwing him the ball and he's been making play after play he's been a volume guy he's been a big play guy he's been really doing it all ty hilton can't stay healthy so yeah, the only issue here is teams just run on the Jets, you know, and this does might not necessarily be a smash game for 
Pittman because, you know, you get a lead and you just salt away the lead. Uh, and they got the they got the kind of team to do it. So on the on the flip side, Michael Carter is getting run as a leader, leading ball carrier. But guy, he, as Jake always talked about early in the early in the year, like he can do Austin Eckler things. It's on film. He's a great receiver, and now it's playing out, and he's just getting a ton of volume in a passing game. So. Hi, I'm both of them. Michael, Michael Carter's in my mid-teens at running back. That's the highest he's been by a long shot all season long. Jake, I'm going to come to you for the next thing because you guys both really love Jamison Crowder this week. Let's hear the bullish Jamison Crowder case, Jake. And there's not really much else to it than the, what I keep saying every single week is if healthy, Jamison Crowder is a wide receiver three or better. Uh, that's really what it all comes down to. It's just we've never been able to count on him staying healthy, but every time he's out there, similar to, I don't know, I, I checked, I didn't see if his name was in there. Devontae Parker, same thing. Oh, Devontae Parker, Jamison Crowder, <laughs> on the field, they're at least wide receiver threes. A lot of times they could go wide receiver two for the matchup. Mm-hmm. I have Parker as a wide receiver two this week. Jamison Crowder is a mid wide receiver three, and it's just because they need him. They're going to pass to him, and especially with Norco. I would even like him as a fringe wide receiver three, even if Corey Davis was out there. Yeah. But no Corey Davis, or at least no Corey, Corey Davis. Davis is listed yeah. as doubtful. So uh, we have, we're assuming for sure no Corey Davis. And maybe no that Corey leads Davis. us to a surprise starter in this game. Michael Pittman, Michael Carter, Jonathan Taylor, Jamison Crowder. You know, pretty uh, non-controversial starters. Uh, Funston, is there yes. a case to be made for anyone else in this game? Well, I've been making it. I've been getting it wrong. First, I said Ramondre Stevenson a couple weeks ago because <laughs> the second running back against the Jets always pays off until it doesn't. And that was last week with Samaj P. Rhyme. But look, at, look, there's always a second. Marlon Mack. Yeah. No, Naheem Hines. Naheem Hines, Naheem. I think, is his play. <laughs> Honestly, I think Ty Johnson and Naheem Hines as the second go. second uh, running backs on each side are both uh, are both playable. Jake? No. Zach Pascal of ODU. <laughs> uh, time to get back on the I, board. I, was, with I wasn't going to take an OD, ODU guy from you. Come on, man. He I, had a, I think we I I have like four guys. That one was on defense. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them is probably not starting for much longer. Well, it depends on when Fitzpatrick's coming back. Uh, but really what it comes down to is no T.Y. Hilton. Uh, Pascal, even before T.Y. Hilton, was kind of getting phased mm-hmm. out a little bit. But this opportunity, red zone and end zone, he continues to be an option at times. And this is one to get back on the board. Again, you're, this is similar to uh, to go to Brandon's guy again. And uh, so much. We might as well just jump to this game next. <laughs> like, Sorry to do this, but it's the James Conner. I'm banking on a touchdown. Because if he doesn't score a touchdown, Zach Pascal is not usable. All right. We can't jump to that. It wasn't literally next, listeners, in the show sheet. But I am going to. I am going to jump to. It. I'm going to have to. You know, I've only mentioned James Conner like seven times. Yeah, so I'll jump down to it. We'll come back to Eagles and Chargers uh, after our first break, but we can talk about Cardinals and 49ers. The thing that jumped out at me most about Cardinals and 49ers is that the total's 45 on this game on BetMGM, and that just—I'm not saying this should be 53 and a half or something like that, but 45 surprised me. Does it give you any sort of pause, Jake, that the total is just at 45? I think they're hedging on Hopkins is banged up. Kyler Murray didn't practice on Wednesday. Uh, there's a lot of things going on. AJ Green now in the COVID protocol, and even if he is vaccinated, there I don't think have we had somebody that's got the double negative on like on a Wednesday and then got double negative by the time. So like I don't think he's actually even with Not the vaccination. I, the I don't think anybody's. Head, yeah. yeah, I don't think that I don't think that's happened. So. I was saying, like, I wouldn't be surprised if A.J. Green can get cleared. It's just I don't think anybody's been cleared even being vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So I say all to say is no A.J. Green, not that Rondell Moore and Christian Kirk can't fill the void. But there's a lot going on the Arizona side, and I think that's really what it comes down to. It's not even the San Francisco side of things. It's just like there's a lot on Arizona's side of it. And Arizona's defense 
is getting some respect in this line too. For sure. So that's being said is I'll tell you, I'm not trying to be like, I disagree with you or I think you're stupid at all. You're, you're the one that does the bet show. And by the way, 11-1, what was it, two weeks ago? So I'm not saying you're crazy, but it's funny that you said the 45 because my initial reaction was, is he going to say it's too high or too low? Like that, I'm actually coming yeah. to the side of like, I, I think this is kind of reasonable for this game. Yeah, what did Chicago and San Francisco put up 48? Last week, 50, that... 55, I want to yeah. say. Like 33-22 was the Justin final score. Like a 24-23 game State or something like that's why. <laughs> yeah, that's completely uh, reasonable. So, yeah, George Kittle back too, right? Do we know that for sure? Maybe. Yeah, we're, feeling, a, we're feeling like we're still trending expecting it. in the right direction, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a maybe. Is there a case to be made for Brandon Ayuk in this game? <laughs> Not yet. Need to see it first. No, that. <laughs> I, I, I equate it to you know Billy Crystal in in The Princess Bride. We now know that he's not completely dead; he's just mostly dead, which means he's slightly slightly alive, which means there's a chance, but that's all there is. Like, there's still you know we still need to get you know feelings in all of his extremities and start moving around again a little bit more. <laughs> Gonna need uh, Fezzik to yeah, uh, right. dragging Can, him along. That's up right. The field. That could be George the, Kittle. Who, yeah, right, dead, right, dead. George Kittle has to be the 49ers Fezzik if they have him. I mean, just, I, I Why are you going to call me with a 25-minute and then a 15-minute update on top of it? Oh, like, 15 <laughs> minutes. So they're they're pushing you back a little bit. They're pushing you back just a little bit here. Uh, just like, you know, you sort of deserve it, Jake, because you put back Chargers and Eagles in the in the show sheet. No, so. I'm not big time, Brandon. This is a de- donation to Salvin- Salvation Army for a mattress. So, not big time. Not big, not big time at all. We got, you know, Jake's, Jake's a great guy, obviously. Just doing the people's work. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, guys, we're going to get to that Chargers and Eagles game I want to talk about in just a second. But, Jake, we've got a question here that's right up your alley from Brandon. Needs to pick up a kicker this week. (laughs) Good luck with that. (laughs) But it's especially especially for you. You know I wouldn't ask you that question, Jake. We'll let you room it in on it. Well, I know you've got a lot of kickers in your brain to sift through, so we'll let you think about that one for a little bit. Let's jump into Eagles and Chargers. Brandon? We saw Boston Scott last week. We saw Jordan Howard last week. How are we feeling about those two guys going into this game? And then, Jake, you take the Devontae Smith question because it's been an inconsistent back and forth for Devontae Smith this week or this season. Yeah, I think, you know, what, what the problem with the Eagles is they couldn't get to volume in the running game all season long. It's because they haven't had a situation like the Lions where they just get out in front of a team and just, you know, can do that. So I think in a, in a kind of – 
back to normalcy world of what the Eagles have been living in. Boston Scott certainly is a guy that I would feel okay about this week. Not Jordan Howard, because I don't think the set is going to be as nice for him. But Boston Scott can be a guy. And, you know, I always say this, and Jake says it too. It's like you can put Boston Scott out there and you don't tip, tip your hand as to what you're doing. Boston Scott can handle receiving down work. Uh, he can be, he'll likely be the main guy in the running game. Um, and for that reason, I would be okay playing him in a flex play. I wouldn't touch Kenneth Gainwell. I wouldn't touch Jordan Howard. Yeah, Jordan Howard, uh, Jeff brought this up yesterday to me and said that he got put back on the practice squad and hasn't even called, been called back up yet. So we're still like, <laughs> I mean, I would assume they might just do the same and Jordan Howard's out there again. Yeah. But I mean, that would kind of tell you that this Boston Scott, maybe you get some Kenneth Gainwell back. But no, Devontae Smith, you know, I said Deshaun Jackson's earlier name in the show and I said, you know, he's been Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Devontae Smith has been that. That's what he, that's the version he's been because he's had four games under five points. Four more games of terrible play, terrible play than even double-digit scores. He hasn't even hit 20 yet this year. So I know, and I wanted Devontae Smith to be a thing. I said Devontae Smith was walking to 100-plus targets. Just give him to me mm-hmm. as a wide receiver three this year. He is not even that right now. And this is a bad matchup. For him, yep. very bad matchup. It's actually a bad matchup for both sides of the ball in the passing game. So you expect some running, and if you're going to win this game, that's what you're looking for here. So uh, I, I guess you just continue to roll. He's a wide receiver three, but I would say he's as risky as Van Jefferson right now. It, tight ends are the only bankable things in the passing game. It's been that way all, all season long, and especially now that Zach Ertz is out of the way and they're not splitting mm-hmm. it. For what it's worth, um, we had Zach Berman, who covers the Eagles for The Athletic on the show on Tuesday, and talked to him about the inconsistent nature of um, of uh, uh, Devontae Smith's season. And uh, he said he does expect the volume to sort of get forced in Smith's direction the rest of the season. Now, that doesn't necessarily equate to production, but it would be something that his fantasy managers certainly would welcome. But definitely, there's a lot of risk tied up in him this week, certainly against the Chargers. What is a tough matchup? We know this is a team that you can beat on the ground, a lot tougher to beat through the air. Um, Mike Williams, Funston, your guy, has uh, had a couple of down weeks here. Uh, we do have seen Keenan Allen sort of push his way back through the top of this depth chart. Austin Eckler always going to have a major role. Is there a buy case to be made for Mike Williams right now? I, I mean, I, I, the thing I worry about with Mike Williams as a – as a wanting to trade for him is that that window can slam shut. The buy window can slam shut any given week because he could easily go out and put up eight for one twenty and two this week, and then that's it. Yeah, we we're all kind of clinging to the hope that the downturn has been, you know, mostly a combination of Mike Williams maybe not being healthy, and also Justin Herbert, you know, not being great and, and they could actually be related it could be that right, if you look right. at justin herbert's best games are when mike williams is the true michael thomas that they talked about that role being and we mm-hmm. saw that play out and then when mike williams got hurt we suddenly seen things get a little bit rocky so the buy case is is if if we feel like if mike williams isn't healthy then it's going to be okay in the long run but also the chargers it's not it can't be lost on them that their best games have been when mike williams has been the stud that they that he was and just trying to get you know efforting to get him back into that position so i think we're all on board with you know if mike williams is healthy that the chargers are going to try to get back to what they've been doing with him this has got all the makings of a big rebound for justin herbert too right you have the Uh, tough game against the ravens then they go into a bye tough game against the patriots i mean we were expecting a little bit better of a game from him but 
we all know what that defense is. We all know what Bill Belichick is, and they gave him trouble last year. This just has the feeling of a big, big bounce-back game for Justin Herbert and that Chargers offense. So I would say if you have the idea in mind of trying to make a trade for Mike Williams, this might be the time to do it at something less than dollar-for-dollar value because I wouldn't be surprised to see a big game for really all the principals in the Chargers offense in this one. Let's move on to the next game I want to talk about here, Funston. It is uh, Cowboys and Broncos where we find the Cowboys as big favorites in this game. And I'm wondering what we think about Denver's offense in a chase game because that could end up coming to fruition. The Cowboys are 10-point favorites. Dak Prescott expected to be back for them this week. We've been talking about Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams as you know low-end RB2s both week in and week out. We've basically seen that play true every single week. But now we could see them in a chase game, which maybe changes things. Jerry Judy back for the first time in a potential chase game that did not happen last week. So just how do we shape up Denver's offense as double-digit underdogs going into this game in a position we just haven't seen them in a while? Yeah, I'm wondering if the, if that does play out as the, as a narrative, um, that it, it's a Jerry Judy game for him. You know, he got his mm-hmm. feet wet last week, but, you know, so much was made about how the chemistry between Teddy Bridgewater and Jerry Judy was just very apparent, and we saw it saw it early in the season before he was gone. Um, yep. And I just think as a chain mover, as someone in a, in a high-volume situation in the passing game, Jerry Judy might be the one who really – who really is the winner of that. I think it's hard to look at the the two running backs and know because Melvin Gordon, I think, has 18 catches and Javante Williams has 22, and they split everything almost 50-50. So, yeah. um, but in terms of running backs, we always say we, we would prefer a reception over a carry like mm-hmm. <laughs> any time. So if that just means more volume in the passing game for the running backs, that's just that's better for them in general. And neither of them is going to get squeezed out. We talked about this last week where, you know, Melvin Gordon had the two touchdowns a week ago, but it was 10 carries and three targets for him and nine carries and four targets for Javante Williams. It's just, it really is like the purest 50-50 in every way imaginable backfield. Jake, you're going to jump back in on Tony Pollard. We just talked about Denver's offense playing in potentially a chase game (laughs) with the Broncos being 10-point underdogs. What about Tony Pollard in that same sort of game, but from the opposite side, Big-time positive script, potentially. Does that make him someone who, not a slam-dunk starter, but do you like him more this week than other weeks? Mm, that, what, what more there? He's the number one running back in all football. Like, that's, <laughs> how can I like him more than that? Uh, Man, he's in the same those, conversation. Those Tony Pollard stands have really burned you this season, haven't they? <laughs> Hasn't it? You know, uh, Really what it comes down to is it's still in that A.J. Dillon conversation of like those backups that get consistent touches every single week. Honestly, he's there with – Javante Williams, though, it's kind of, you know, you get consistent work. The we just I I don't know if you saw this. I I was trying to listen at the same time, but Michael Gallup twisted his ankle at practice. So now he might not even be. (laughs) Yeah. So but I bring that up to say, like, this is feel better about Schultz and obviously Uh Cooper. But also they're going to continue to run a little bit more. But in this game, I actually expect both teams to run more than usual. Uh, mostly because this is the game script of, you know, Dax on 100%. And then if Denver wants to try and win this game, right. you play control, uh, cl- cl- clock control, if I can speak. 
I'm looking because they're trying to come. I think they're trying to come back in. That's why. So yes, Tony Pollard, high end RB three. So as I trip up over here, uh, that's great. No matter how much talking you do in a given week, you're always susceptible to the little bit of a stumble. It's just, it's just life. That's just how things work. Ravens and Vikings, you guys. Next game on the board. Ravens six point favorites. This one started at five and a half. Now we see the Ravens uh, favored by six and Funston. I want you to do something for me, please. Fill in the blanks around Kirk Cousins. And what I mean by that is, yeah, Kirk Cousins is always a guy who feels like we could always start him. Maybe you don't always want to start him. He can have some duds like he had a week ago. Like, what are the guys, what are the quarterbacks who you're starting in front of him? What are the quarterbacks who are right behind him? Let's just, the blanks. I feel like he's the guy who most every single week uh, we need to know, like, who you have in front of him and who you have behind him to gauge just where he is for us in the fantasy world. Yeah, so I have Justin Herbert and Derek Carr right in front of him. I have Kirk Cousins at number 11, and then I have Taysom Hill and Tua uh, right oh, behind okay. him. And, you know, part of the Taysom Hill thing, I'd probably – if I had that to to decide between, as long as I'm slam dunk knowing that Taysom Hill is playing the, the true lead role and not some kind of half-and-half half or sub-package role, then – um, I'm probably going to play him over Cousins. It's not a great matchup. You can throw on him to the tight ends and to the running backs. They've been tough against wide receivers, but the Vikings have two guys that, you know, are almost matchup independent uh, for the most mm-hmm. part. But you still worry about there being a little bit lower ceiling with those two. I just, you know, we talk about Kirk Cousins all the time. He's one of the most truly consistent quarterbacks that we've seen in the last, you know, half decade. Yeah. It's totally true. Really, sorry, I was a little distracted there. Oh, Jake's still gone. A little distracted there because uh, Corey posting here on our chat that C- it was C.D. Lamp who twisted his ankle, and so I was just searching for uh, our Cowboys beat writer John Machoda on Twitter, and indeed it was C.D. Lamb yesterday That's who twisted news. his ankle. I have so, which is I have so much C.D. Much Lamb. worse news. Much so worse much news. No, no offense. It's Michael terrible. Gallup, no, if, if you're listening to this, Michael, no offense. We love you. We want you back. We want to see this full-fledged Cowboys offense, but this is much much worse news. Hopefully this is not something that compromises CD come Sunday because we definitely want to see you. So thanks for the heads up, Corey. See Jake, Jake, it was CD lamb. It's CD lamb who twisted. No, his ankle. no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw the tweet while we're look, I'm going right back to it. I just pulled it up. John Machota, Cowboys beat writer for the athletic CD lamb twisted his ankle. I'm going, but the one that I said is like in his return to practice. So maybe whoever reported it incorrectly reported because I would have said <laughs> maybe they both twisted their ankles. It's, maybe, a, yeah, it's yeah. Mari Cooper all the time now. Say, like, <laughs> yeah, there's there's no, twisting I'm, your I'm ankle go is back not a yeah, I mean, exclusive it, thing. Multiple <laughs> guys can, can twist their ankle on the same team. That's no, totally sure, possible. but I'm saying whoever reported it and then retweeted it might have got it might have misreported it because like I specifically read it because it said return to practice Michael Gallup. So yeah, CD Lamb would definitely be worse. Yeah, much much worse. Does anyone care about Baltimore's backfield in this game against Minnesota? Do we care about it at all? Let's say in a world where Latavius Murray is back, which I know is unlikely, but do we care at all about this backfield? No. I mean, I, I did no, pick up a Latavius guys. Murray that got dropped two. this week. I did, I did grab him, so I, I have him as bench fodder now. Uh, and hopefully, I don't sink Not so low to have to play him. <laughs> uh, would either of <laughs> you guys care to make a case for Rashad Bateman in this game? Ah, sure. Wide well, receiver four. Yeah, yeah, he's getting enough volume. He's a talented enough player, and it's a, Christian Kirk, it's a good enough <laughs> same range matchup. Wait, let let Funston get five more words out, and then throw something else in there. Matchup Jake. plus. Talent plus volume plus. There you go. Wide receiver uh, four. That, yeah, wide receiver. All adds up to a wide receiver four. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, like you know, they, so he had the two games right, and now they're coming out of their bye. 
So you have the two games after injury, then they go into their bye. Now they're coming out of their bye. I- I'm interested to see what his workload looks like this week. Here's a question. Uh, Corey, again, Corey, Bateman's? thank you for the CD Lamb thing. We'll let you get a question in here. Uh, Rashad Bateman or Darnell Mooney? Bateman. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a coin flip for me. Bateman's safer. Yeah. Mooney higher ceiling. All right. There we go. Bateman safer. Mooney higher ceiling. Let's move on to the clash of Ohio. Browns and Bengals. What do we think of Jarvis Landry with OBJ, Persona Non Grata in Cleveland? Now, what do you got on this one, Funston? Mm, you know, I, I, the eye test hurt last week watching Jarvis Landry. It was as bad as I've ever seen him play. I have to think he's not still quite all the way 100%. But, you know, more often than I'm willing to give him a pass and say that, you know, when they do throw – they don't throw the wide receivers a lot. And they don't throw a lot. But when they do throw, he's probably going to be the guy that's going. I mean, in a game like this, especially mm-hmm. if Cincinnati puts up points, could be a 10 target guy. You know, could be. He this could, is another super low over. It's kind of right? like a Jamison Crowder, you know, except for, you know, we, we don't probably not get the same volume to get with the Jets and Mike White. But um, kind of the same role where when OBJ is out and even with OBJ is there, he's still kind of the lead guy. It's just. It's a low ceiling situation. A little higher than I thought, 46 and a half the total on this one from BetMGM. Jake, Jarvis Lantry, is he an easy start for you? It's the Jameis Crowder situation. When he's out there and he's healthy, he's the number one uh, in the fact, like the healthy side of it, but he's also the number one and Noel Beckham. Noel <laughs> Beckham wasn't a factor, period. Jarvis Landry's a wide receiver three when he's out there, and that's that simple. All right, Jake, uh, I always love reading your column for a number of reasons. Number one, you and I were talking about this before the uh, show, but just give The Wire another chance. I'm not going to harangue you. TV shows are totally personal preference. No one should tell you're an idiot, you're whatever, but just give The Wire, just give it another chance. That's yeah. all I have. Just give it another chance. And if you don't like it the second time, you know, it that's said February. People, that's, you yeah, know, yeah, exactly. There's plenty Perfect. of reason. Football to season over. Like, yeah, try the leftovers. Yeah. Try this or whatever. No, no, no. Don't. Just, one out of ten were the. Try the wire an first. asshole. Try the wire so. first. Try the wire first. Trust me. And if you don't like it the second time. And he's time, no then, Sopranos you know, either. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but he hasn't seen it. So, you know, it's yeah. just how it works. Again, just, yeah, I didn't watch any HBO until I got <laughs> HBO Max. I can't just, watch every damn show in existence. Totally true. Just, tr- just put the wire first on your list. If you don't like it the second time, so be it. Also, I was like reading through your buys and sells, and I noticed a lot of Bengals. So what's the sell the Bengals case? Ridiculous schedule the rest of the way. Uh, One of the toughest in the league, especially on the passing side of things. And, you know, this is the Joe Burrow show. Uh, We were (laughs) on it because we all expect him to be passing a ton. Then we were still on it because he turned into Ryan Tannehill and remarkably efficient. However, if you look at the schedule, and it starts this week with the Cleveland Browns, you know, he's going to have to still keep throwing two or three touchdowns on 30 attempts. And there's just a little hesitation. I'm not saying get the hell off and sell Joe Burrow for Ryan Tannehill. That does nothing for me. I'd probably even still prefer Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying if you can improve somewhere, Jamar Chase, if you can get top five wide receiver value for Jamar Chase and you can turn him into DJ Moore and Elijah Mitchell, like that's the type of stuff you should be looking for. T Higgins is you can turn into a top 20, 25 wide receiver return value. So it's just to say, get out before it gets bad. Because remember Mike Williams three weeks ago was returning top five wide receiver value. And it's not that we hate Mike Williams. We're saying buy low now, but it's like playing the stock market. These things can change. 
these things do change. These things absolutely do change. So it's something to take a look at for sure with uh, the perceived value of that Bengals passing game. We've got a difference of opinion right here in this game. Brandon's up at QB7 for Joe Burrow this week. Jake down at QB13. So, Jake, you take this first. You talk about the long term, but does it start right here this week, this schedule against the Browns? It really just does because if you're looking at, what, 240-250, you hope he gets two touchdowns. I mean, just really who's in front of them. Kirk Cousins gets the Ravens, who continue to be destroyed in the passing game. Uh, you have Justin Jefferson and, obviously, Adam Thielen. And also, I love some Tyler Conklin this week. Derek Carr against the Giants. Uh, Taysom Hill, who I have at 10, as uh-huh. I mentioned, against Atlanta. And then up from there, it's Tua against Houston, Kyler Murray against San Francisco, Justin Herbert. So it's really just uh, like... I wouldn't start Joe Burrow over any of those guys. That's really what it comes down to. I don't hate – he's still fringe QB1. I don't hate Joe Burrow, but I would just start all those guys over Joe Burrow right Joe now. Burrow. <laughs> Joe Burrow. What do you got here, Funston? Why still at QB7? Uh, a lot of it has to do with just how bad I think the QB uh, layout is this week. I mean, Kyler Murray has has the injury. He's uh, not 100%. Jalen Hurts has been all kinds, of, all kinds of up and down. Justin Herbert's been bad the last couple weeks. Uh, like I just Joe Burrow, he's had tough matchups. He's thrown two or three touchdowns in every game. Like and he's got, he's got a full, you know, full complement of offensive weapons. So you know, whatever defense can throw at you, there's there's going to be a weakness in every defense. And right now, you know, they've done a pretty good job of finding it. So uh, for me, I'm just I'm just following that consistency with Joe Burrow. That you know what, every game he's had at least two touchdowns. A lot of them has been three, and I'll take that consistency this week. All right, guys, let's move on to our next game. It is the biggest spread on the board of Week 9. It is Jaguars, and it is Buffalo Bills. Jags are 14.5-point dogs at home in this game. I want to start out with Marvin Jones. When I first wrote up the show last night, this was a little bit more of a head-to-head. Then Jake bumped Marvin Jones up his uh, wide receiver rankings a little bit. So now, with Brandon at wide receiver 32, with Jake at wide receiver 36, you guys basically feel generally the same about him, but let's just take a good and a bad. So Brandon, make the positive case for Marvin Jones. And then Jake, even though you're not much farther behind Brandon, let's hear the negative case for Marvin Jones in this one. Yeah. I think the four, the four spot difference is probably me just being it it being in my DNA. I was apparently (laughs) born to like Marvin Jones. I always have, you know, and like he's still, you know, whatever, whatever you want to say about Jamal Agnew. I still look at Marvin Jones as the number one receiver uh, option, the alpha in this passing game, the guy that's going to have the best chance to get in the end zone. You know, every week for now for Jacksonville is a volume game. They're mm. terrible. You know, they're going to be playing mm. from behind. <laughs> Buffalo's blowing everybody away. It's, they're just going to be throwing, throwing, throwing. So this is about as high as I can go on Marvin Jones anymore. And I know it's a tough defense, but, uh, you know, there you there's, there's 45 to 50 passes potentially in this game. Uh, and how many of them are catchable? That's really what it comes down to. Next. I don't even like. I don't, honestly look. I don't like putting them at thirty six. I'm looking behind them and Tyler Boyd, better floor. Uh, Jacoby Myers, it, it, can everybody shut the hell up? He's not catching a touchdown. This is not the week. You said this is the week. The last seven weeks, it doesn't count if you finally get one right. I can say every single week, this is the week. Daniel Jones for for four touchdowns, and then the week that happens. See, I told you. No, it doesn't matter. Stop with Jacoby Myers. But I'm saying all this to say is. Marvin Jones, you want to know the most consistent, best option in this game? It's Jamal Agnew. Like, can we just stop and realize that Jamal Agnew is the best option? He's their version of Cole Beasley, of Jamison Crowder, of Jarvis Landry. As much as we don't want Jamal Agnew to be a thing, Urban Meyer's forcing him down our throats, and he's the best option because that's also where Buffalo's, that they're not really beatable anywhere, but that's where you can take some advantage. 
yes, if you get 45 pass attempts, Marvin Jones probably has a respectable day. But uh, again, I have him in the 30s. Not I hate the guy, but mm. the better floor right now is honestly Agnew. Yeah, I, no, no rebuttal. I mean, it's just like <laughs> yeah. you're you're right That's, now. If James Robinson's okay, he's the only guy that you're gonna yeah. you know want to play in this game. Like That's I it. would play Carlos Hyde if James Robinson's out. Urban Meyer would love to Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold. Yeah, for sure. 23 targets the last three weeks, for sure. Uh, Someone you want in your lineup if you got him. Really quick on these two questions here, you guys. Uh, Confidence level, if one is no thanks, three is, yeah, I'll start him, and five is totally in my lineup, what's the confidence level on on Zach Moss, Jake? Uh, Three and a half. (laughs) Just because it's like, the touchdown. It's just the James Conner. I'm gonna keep yeah. going back to this. I don't know how many times I'm gonna mention James Conner. He's the James, James Conner Connor episode. Like, you hope That's for funny. Touchdown yeah. football podcast. My rank is. I just said that as well. I said he is a touchdown or meh, you know, yeah. uh, kind of kind of option. And he is. Have, it's a James Conner touchdown yeah. or meh option. And the weird thing, looking it up, he has not have a Good touch inside the five yard line in the last three weeks. Hmm. They've averaged 32 points in the last yeah. three weeks. And they've had huge blow-up Josh games. Allen Josh Allen. And he doesn't get more than 14 touches, like o- only one time all year. So, mm-hmm. like, it's it's hard to say, oh, this narrative is they're going to sit on this lead. They don't right, lean right. on the backfield. That's not how Buffalo plays. All right, well, then how does that play for <laughs> same exact scale, one through five, Emmanuel Sanders? I, 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 at this point, I think you have to write off last week as an anomaly, you know? I mean, and right now yeah. with Dawson Knox out, Cole Beasley has become a bigger thing. And then, you know, and we've seen this in the past, Josh Allen kind of, when he goes to Cole Beasley, it tends to, it tends to kind of compile and, and just continue to go that way. Cause he just suddenly realizes, Oh, I can complete passes to him all day. It's almost like the mm-hmm. middle-class, you know, version of Cooper cup. And it's like, Oh, you know what? I think I'm just going to keep throwing to Cole Beasley. And so, um, but Emmanuel Sanders has done enough this year that we can give him a pass for, for last week. Jake, yeah, I, ha- I have Beasley and Sanders back to back. It's just, it's very, very much matchup dependent. Here's the issue though. Cole, so you just destroy Jaguars in general in the passing game. But especially in the slot, which was why Tyler Lockett last year was still playable. Did not expect Tyler Lockett to do that. Let me be clear. <laughs> that level. But that's why. It's just you look at all the slot people against them, and it just that's where you destroy it. Here's the issue. We don't know yet today, being Thursday, but mm-hmm. being Wednesday, Cole Beasley didn't practice. Right. So hold it. I would love some Emmanuel Sanders because he can do some of those work that Cole Beasley not being there would be involved. But I think that if Beasley is out there, Beasley and Sanders are going to be very close for me. They are very close for me right now in the ranks. Yeah, we are going to have a couple of injury situations that we're still looking at leading into the weekend for sure. That is just one of them that we've got on our radar. All right, guys, handful of games that I still want to get to, so we're going to have to go rapid fire through those. But uh, let's get to just a couple of questions here from our viewers. We, of course, thank you for joining us, and thank you for sending in questions. Uh, T's got one for us. Should I keep OBJ on my roster in case he gets released and then picked up elsewhere? Yeah, I mean, no. No? I I, I didn't. Where's it going? Saints? Maybe? (laughs) No. How how does OBJ just being plugged into the Saints with Taysom Hill at quarterback just make you (laughs) – it's it's just, you know, does that give you inspired confidence right out of the gate? No. Like, Like, take the name off the jersey. Why are we still doing Old Beckham? Yeah. This is – you know know who Old Beckham is? (coughs) He's Josh Gordon. Oh. (laughs) Enough. Stop remembering the good times. They haven't been the good times for years, plural. Yeah, if you've watched the Browns, like – it's, Baker Mayfield takes so much crap for you know mm-hmm. uh, Odell Beckham's 
lack of success. But Odell, that that a lot of it's on him, like drops and just not you know making the plays that need to be that need to be made. It's not all Baker Mayfield. So like I just think he's a diminished. <laughs> Mm-hmm. considerably because of the injuries because of his age it's, and we're, we're just painting him with this giant's brush and we we can't let it go good times no, bad times is, he's so definitely yeah had if his he share. has up the saints volume maybe he can get volume to be you know what wide receiver of three four sure. so you know like i'm not dropping it like you know it, it, well what about what about this like, what about not, what about aaron Rodgers comes back and he ends up as a number two in green bay <laughs> This is, well, we've been trying to make the number two in Green Bay forever. Could you? Is that the most like <laughs> asshole room ever? Odell Beckham, Aaron Rodgers. Like that would just be like that's like uh, you. God, I hope I didn't cover that team and trying to be a beat writer to talk to that room. Uh, no, but look, that's what you're kind of hoping for here. So I'm not dropping him just to drop him. Like, yeah. like to be clear, like I'm not going to be like God, get the hell off my roster. Yeah, like, yeah. but you know, I'm trying to think of some of the waiver pickups this way. You, Brian Edwards and Hunter Renfro, absolutely goodbye. I yeah. want both of those guys over Odo Beckham. All right, we're going to talk about those guys in just a second here. But one more question. This one coming to us from Trilly Seb. Uh, DJ Moore and Fournette for Devontae Adams. Who's winning that trade? What do you got here, Jake? The kids. The kids? <laughs> I would say the kids win. The kids win. <laughs> like, do you make no? Because do you it's make relative. this trade? It's, do you make this trade I right now? I need, I need to know more. Yeah. Like, I'm, uh, I'm going to say the same thing I said yesterday in the tweet. No, no, no. Here's the fact. Look, I, I keep saying this. I'm not trying to be a dick, but this is true. Like, And if I'm coming off at a dick, fine. Look, <laughs> the fact is, stop giving away top 15 running backs. Stop. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Everybody's willing. Like, I look at my trades, and people are like, oh, I want to trade Damian Harris for you know Stephon Diggs. Okay, on paper. Great trade. But the next running back up is A.J. Dillon, who might have to start for you. Like, You mm. cannot do that to your running backs. So I will say for Trill, if Fournette is your RB4, Absolutely. Okay, sure. Uh, but it's a kind of an overpay for Devontae Adams. But I get it. You're getting mm. Devontae Adams. On the flip side, like again, if, if Fournette's your three and you're replacing him with Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, A.J. Dillon, guys like that, then no, stop giving away running backs. That's my biggest issue. On the flip side, are you really trading Devontae Adams without knowing what the fallout's going to be up with Aaron Rodgers? What if he gets mm-hmm. a two-game suspension? <laughs> Two games? One game? One I mean, game. Whatever it might be. Yeah. I don't want three. I don't want well, three. All, I don't want to trade for three he was wearing games a of Devontae Adams with with uh, Jordan, Jordan Love. Love. Yeah, I don't want that. It's a hard I, trade. I, I, I think that's I read fair. The, but the, yeah. I mean, there was talk yesterday that he was wearing masks where you're supposed to wear masks, right, and that right. wasn't. That's according to the guidelines. So it just comes down to, you know, I'd be surprised if he got suspended. Just, yeah, it just doesn't. Yeah, yeah it seems saying. like too many people knew for him to then ultimately get suspended for this. Like the NFL would sort of be admitting, like we screwed up. We knew. Like, we knew too much and didn't do anything about it. So, I don't think that's going to ultimately happen. All right, we got to go quick here, guys, Before as we wrap up the show. Raiders and Giants, Brian Edwards as the wide receiver one. Jake, you're on board here? Uh, 100%. Upside. Upside. He has top 25 upside the rest of the way. He was already pushing only behind Waller, and then the next week only behind Moreau. I keep saying this. And snaps, opportunities, everything uh, with the situation now. They're both reliable. This week, though... The Giants keep everything in front of them. Mm-hmm. They, allow, they allow a lot of receptions and a high reception rate and yards because of it build up. So I would actually like Renfro this week. But for Edwards, for the ceiling, uh, top 25 potential the rest of the way. Yeah, I spent a decent amount of fab cash this week on Brian Edwards. I, I'm with yeah. you. Definitely feels like this could be a big second half of the year for him. We already saw it with, you know, with Gruden out and Bisacci in. We already saw his role start to grow a little bit. Would either of you care to make the Kadarius Tony case? There's, there's back-to-back weeks. We've seen two games of Kadarius Tony, which, 
you know, that's the case. The case is a healthy Kadarius yeah. Tony, a Sterling Shepard who can, nev- well, can never stay. There you go. Can never no stay Sterling Shepard. Yeah. That's uh-huh. what it comes down to. <laughs> when, when Sterling Shepard's out, if Kadarius Tony's in, we've seen that play out, and it's a beautiful thing. So that's what the case is right there. And if that, if those Daniel Jones loves his safety valve, and it's Shepard and Tony. Yep. Yeah, and we've seen star- it. If the stars align for Tony in, in that way again, then you just got to feel good about it. All right, guys, I want to jump to uh, Dolphins and Texans. We've already heard the big love case for Devontae Parker. So let's look at a couple of other guys in this. Can you make like a can you make a a good trade case for either Brandon Cooks or Miles Gaskin right now? And Brandon Cooks, absolutely. We we talked everybody into drafting Brandon Cooks (laughs) and he was going as a fringe wide receiver three or four. And now he's putting up wide receiver two numbers. Yep. And people are like, uh, what's wrong with Brandon Cooks? Nothing's wrong with Brandon Cooks. If he was double-digit points every single game, he'd be Cooper Cup. Like, <laughs> let's relax and realize who Brandon Cooks is. Miles Gaskin, however, I would actually sell just because I just don't believe in the consistent volume. Like, this week looks great because of the matchup, but it could be the Savan Ahmed game because they mm-hmm. use him more when they're up and they run more with Ahmed than they do with Gaskin. So I still like Gaskin, but I think the perception is that he's already back to being top 20. And if that's the case, I would sell. I don't know. That's in the schedule. Yeah. There's a couple there's, there's three uh, New York matchups in the next six, not to mention this Houston one. So <laughs> there's, there's four good matchups in the next six. I, I like miles Gaskin because now that Malcolm Brown's out, we've oh, seen the volume. Heart. That's what twenty-seven <laughs> carries in the last two weeks. Plus, we know. So right now, it's it's game script. I would love if I could count on it. Yeah, well, I think he right now without might, Malcolm yeah, Brown, maybe, you you complain yeah. about Malcolm Brown all year long being the foil, maybe and now he's can. out of the picture, yeah. and now we've seen. No, I said Malcolm Brown and Ahmed. What I well, said at the beginning of the listen, season was we, we're, we, Gaskin we are, gets fifty. Everybody they has two backs that are that are in play now. Like that's that's we're that's the norm. We're we're to the normalcy point with this Dolphins backfield, and we know he's game script <laughs> sure. agnostic. He's I just don't trust Brian Flores. Everybody trusted him heading into the season. There's like Brian Flores loves a bell cow. Now he's Bill Belichick. You know where he came from. <laughs> uh, speaking of Bill Belichick, Patriots and Panthers this week. What's the PJ Walker effect, Jake, on this Carolina offense if he does end up getting the start? <laughs> <laughs> so that's what it is here. Four, that's it. four here. for thirteen is is our context <laughs> is like, right now. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, to be honest, that Giants defense was getting after everybody in that game. That's why Sam Darnold got knocked out in that mm-hmm. game where he went. What was it? Oh, for whatever that we're including to that sample, Funston. So you know, Sam Darnold's out there. I still feel okay about DJ Moore, but PJ Walker. And I'm not saying he's not. I'm not saying. Darnold's definitively better than Walker. So, but we've also seen some terrible quarterback performance so far from Walker. So I would say more being a fringe wide receiver one right now until with Walker, maybe now wide receiver two. The biggest thing is that I think Christian McCaffrey, again, is the biggest effect on this offense. Yeah. Yeah. It's all changes when CMC's back, and we're not going to see him back this week, unfortunately. On the other side of this game, really quick, we don't really have time to talk about it. Plus, we touched on it earlier. Just want to mention we've got a comment here from uh, Johannes. Johannes says Jacoby's going to get a touchdown this week, Jake. So just, uh, you know, this is okay. the week. No, it's not happening. <laughs> check, <laughs> is... check check back in next week, Yo- Johannes. Whatever. <laughs> this is, Look at like, this... like Like Jake says, you can always predict it, and no one's going to remember <laughs> that you predicted it and didn't get it right, which just gets washed away. It becomes water under the bridge. But, you know, own up to it next week. Here is our last game of the week, and it is the last game of the week, Monday Night Football, Bears and Steelers. First of all, 
Got a little fun fact for you guys uh, that was tweeted out by a uh, Bears beat writer earlier uh, today. The Steelers have won 19 straight Monday night home games, which doesn't actually mean anything. Just sort of interesting. Just an interesting fact. They've got another one here. Uh, I want to bring it back to a question we asked earlier when we were talking about Jets and uh, Colts, the first game of the week. This one, the last game of the week. Is there anyone, Brandon, you can make a case for? Anyone off the radar? We know the Steelers receivers, Najee, Khalil Herbert, they're starting. Is there anyone else in this game you want to make a case for being in fantasy lineups? Got to be Pat Fryermuth, right? That's the guy that you can make a case. Absolutely. Air fryer mouth. Yeah, air right. fryer mouth. Uh, yeah, like you know, look at Juju goes out. He goes seven targets, seven targets. Eric Ebron was out two in the last one. That helps. But honestly, I think given the way that Roethlisberger's kind of turned to him the last couple of weeks, I, I think even with, with Ebron back, who has what, all of seven catches all year mm-hmm. long, you know, like I just think they're ready. They drafted this guy in the second round. He's their future of the tight end. He's playing well now. I don't see how Eric Ebron comes in and messes with that a whole lot at this point. So I feel pretty confident about Fryermuth continuing and kind of filling in that short area role that Juju left a huge you know, vacancy for. Yep. That's what really all comes down to is if, if, I don't know who else you would even mm-hmm. want to use in this game. Yeah. You mentioned all the names. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Are, you guys, no are one... you guys big air fryer guys? I've never used one. The actual machines, which are really toaster ovens that they just slap the label on to make them resell now. Look at this guy. They're, they're so much better than toaster ovens. They're, the youngest, I, the youngest curmudgeon. They, I, no, they're not because they are toaster ovens. Uh, no, they are not. They move the air differently, man. Yes, it's, 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 are. It's different. They are toaster. Go look up what a toaster oven is. Its convection is circulating heated air. They are 100% put, go toaster Go put ovens. cut up potatoes in a toaster oven for like 12 minutes that are raw and see what you get in that versus an air fryer. I'll just tell oh you. Oh, my God. You don't put it in the same amount of time. Funston, we got to get, get the youngest curmudgeon nickname to catch on. <laughs> yes, the youngest curmudgeon. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, guys. I, look, I don't have. A, I'm just like, don't slap a name on something. Pretend it's something different just because it's a hot. Uh, it's healthy. Sounds healthy. Oh air fryer, God. which is not even really a thing. You tech, you can't air fry anything anyway. <laughs> slap a slap a Monday fantasy headline on us, Jake, and then we can get out of here. Oh. Pat convection oven mooth. I like it. <laughs> Thank you, Jiggles. Uh, what do you got? What do you got here, Funston? Gosh, I got I got nothing. Um, I don't. What are we slapping on the show? A, a Monday fantasy headline. What are we I all didn't see be that in the about? script. Uh, I the should remember this. together on Monday. What are we going to be? What am I going to put at the top of the show? Um, how about Taysom Hill is is back to his QB one ways. He's <laughs> he is who we thought he we, he was. You know, there you go. Let him I was going. I was going to go in that same game. I was going to say Sean Payton, us again. <laughs> he just he does it to us again. It's going to be Trevor Simeon for half the game and screw up everything. Oh uh, man, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, I'll stick in that game. Mark Ingram back to being startable. Oh man, now that would be a fantasy headline. And if you wow. don't get out of a show. On top of Mar- on Mark Ingram, on a Mark Ingram note, I don't know what you do. So we're going to wrap things up there uh, on this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. <laughs> Thank you. I don't even know what the young, young curmudgeon said, but I'm just going to move on. I'm just going to end the show. Thanks so much, everyone, <laughs> for joining us. YouTubers, we love you. Thanks for being here uh, on the podcast. We love you, too. Thanks for listening to us as well. Thursday Night Football, everything kicks off tonight. Good luck if you've got something in it. For Jake, for Brandon, I'm Beller. W time starts tonight. Let's go get it. See you later, guys.